Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to this week's edition of the Baseball America College Podcast. I'm Teddy Cahill. Today on the show, we're going to be joined by new Rice head coach, Matt Braga, who took over the program this summer. He comes to Rice from Tennessee Tech, where this year, of course, Tech had that incredible season. They won 53 games, including their 28-game winning streak, uh, which is the longest in the nation this year. They, uh, they go to a Super Regional. That's the first, they were the first Ohio Valley Conference team to go to a Super Regional, and they pushed Texas in that Austin Super Regional uh, to three games. So just a fantastic season for Tennessee Tech. And then following that, Matt Braga hired at Rice uh, as Wayne Graham's successor. Matt has taken over, obviously, a pretty high-profile program that has come on a little bit, for Rice, some tougher times in the last couple of years. This last year, they missed the NCAA tournament. Uh, the year before, they had had to win the Conference USA tournament to make the NCAA tournament. So Rice on a little bit of a hit a little bit of a bump here, and, and so now Coach Braga is going to try and uh, get them back on track, getting getting them back to the top of Conference USA consistently, and uh, you know back to being a program that that competes regularly uh, for spots in Omaha. So we'll see where where that heads and. Uh, this Rice team this year is kind of an interesting team. They've got Matt Cantorino uh, leading their rotation, and he looks like he's going to be a, a day-one draft pick, and maybe he can pitch his way into the first round. Maybe it'll be more of a second-round deal. We'll see. But he's coming off of a, a good year or a good summer up on the Cape where he started the All-Star game. And uh, as Matt's going to tell us about, they got some other exciting arms on that staff, and they've got some exciting young position players too. I mean, Braden Como. Had a nice summer on the Cape as well, and Trey Cruz returning uh, for his sophomore year can take over at shortstop now, and uh, so the Owls have some pieces there. They got to get things going a, a little bit, but uh, you know that that's what that's what Matt's there to do, and uh, he's an outstanding hitting coach. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes too, because Rice has been maybe a little more traditionally, at least under Wayne Graham, uh, known known for its pitching and so many great pitchers coming out of there. Well, now they're going to have potentially a little more offensive look because that's the side of the ball that that Matt Braga has really made his name on. Is uh, you know just a, a, he's a really good hitting coach, and those Tennessee Tech teams put up a lot of runs. They had some great pitching too. That's why they were as successful as they were in the postseason. But uh, they really banged the ball pretty good. So. We'll see where all of that goes. So uh, Matt's going to tell us all about that and how the transition went this summer, moving down from Tennessee Tech to, to Rice and um, you know, where he thinks that the program's going from here uh, as, as they're pretty deep into their fall now as, as, um, with 2019 fast approaching. So let's just get to Coach Braga uh, and let him tell you all about the Rice Owls. Well, today on the Baseball America College podcast, we're joined by Rice coach Matt Braga, who has uh, has taken over the program just this year. And Matt, I imagine um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. You guys at Tennessee Tech played pretty deep into June, going to Super Regionals, 
then ultimately you uh, you take this job at Rice and you rolled th- got to hire staff, got to get familiar with recruiting, and before you know it, it's fall ball. And I know you're kind of into fall ball at this point, but ha- how much of a whirlwind has the last few months been for for you and your family? <laughs> I think that's a great way to put it, Teddy. And, and it has it's been, it has been a whirlwind. You know, you're right. There's been no break whatsoever. So typically, at the end of the at the end of the season. You know, you get, you, obviously you get into recruiting and things of that nature, but you do get a little bit of a breather. I mean, you can at least breathe a little bit. This was hop right in and, and, and you know, take over a program. And any time you take over a program, I had someone ask me the other day kind of that same thing. Hey, is this way different, more, you know, what's, you know, that. And I'm like, listen, I remember taking over Tennessee Tech 15 years ago, and it was a whirlwind there. I think no matter what you do professionally, accounting, doctor, lawyer, baseball coach, teacher, when you start something new and fresh and trying to get it rolling, like it's going to be a whirlwind no matter what. And then when you top, you know, put on top of that, that there was really, there's no break time in between your last job and this job. Yeah, I think that's very fair to say, Teddy. I want to go back to your introductory press conference. And uh, I saw a photo from that, and it looked like you were wearing a tie with owls, a pattern of owls where, holding baseball bats. Is, is that about what the, what the tie was? Yes, that is, that is exactly. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is 100%. So Bucky Allshouse, he was a football player here at Rice, and, um, and, and uh, he knew our former football coach, Watson Brown at Tennessee Tech, who had formerly been a Rice head football coach here, so they knew each other. Anyway, anyways, Bucky said, "Hey, you gotta wear this tie." So he got me a tie with some, some owls on it, and you are you're dead on. It was it was, it was an owl tie. That was outstanding. <laughs> so I, you you take the job, you get introduced, and then what did you find the biggest challenges were this summer? Was it hiring staff? Was it recruiting? Was it just moving? Like what what was the biggest thing? Uh, about the summer for you? Yeah, I think, honestly, you, you said it, one of the last things you said, moving. Uh, my family and I, we've been entrenched in Cookville, Tennessee for 15 years. Our our son is 13, Luke's 13. Our daughter, Emmy, is 11. Um, that's where they were born and raised and grew up. So I think the biggest transition has been has just been the move. Um, but, but luckily for my wife, Alisa, and I, um, our kids have adapted. They adapted incredibly quickly, Teddy. Like, like, and as a, as a parent, that makes you. That's the number one thing, right? As a mom or dad, you want that to happen. And so we were very blessed. How fortunate that they were to adapt so quick. But, but that was probably the most, the biggest thing. Just, just moving, hiring a staff. I think that was, uh, that was. You know, anytime you're hiring new people, I think that becomes a very big process. A lot of homework goes into that, so that was very time-consuming. Um, ended up with a great staff, really excited about our staff. And then recruiting, you know, just, just kicking it off. You mentioned it earlier in the podcast. This is a new area for me. And, but baseball is baseball, but it's a ma- about getting to know people, people that can give you leads and, and, and put, point you in the right direction. And then at Rice, Rice is, you know, one of the finest academic institutions in the United States of America. And so there's also that into it as well where – you know, not, and I mean this in not a bad way, but, but you got to find the match, so to say. Not only does the young man have to be a great baseball player, but he's got to be someone that really understands the importance of academics. And not that everyone does it, but I think you, you know what I'm saying in terms of you know, getting into the institution and things of that nature. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a, and it's a little bit different profile than, than you had at Tennessee Tech where you could have a lot of junior college kids. I know that there are a lot of good junior colleges in Texas and you can get those guys in, sure, but uh, it, it does seem like it's a little bit different of a profile school coming from, from Tennessee Tech to Rice. Well, there's, there's no question about it. Now, Tennessee Tech um, was an engineering school, so obviously academics were, uh, were a big, big deal. But it is different, and you're exactly right. At Tennessee Tech, you know, maybe we could take a young man with a little lower ACT at times, um, where Rice, that, that typically is not happening. And so, and we did. We were able to flavor our lineup a little bit at Tech with, uh, last year I think we had five, I'm sorry, four junior college starters in our lineup. And so that was nice. It was nice to be able to do that. And because of academic requirements, what it takes to get in, it is a little more difficult, but there are ways around that and ways to make it work. And it took us a little time, but now, what, four months in, kind of finding our niche, so to say. And it's, and it's flowing pretty smoothly, actually, at the moment, Teddy, and I'm going to knock on wood as I say that. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I mean, I, you were at Tech for 15 years, like you said, um, and I imagine just moving anywhere would have been a challenge after that. I mean, but start, starting over, what, what do you like about the, the – the process of, of starting somewhere fresh? Well, it's a challenge. I mean, I think, I think that's the number one thing. When, when you go into a new position, I think no matter what it is, again, professionally, it could be anything. When you start a new spot, there's always a challenge to it. And, and I think that's exciting to me, you know, where, okay, we've got this new challenge to, to try to play on what Coach Graham set, the foundation that he set here, and, and get this team back to Omaha and get this team back to national championship uh, title contenders. And so that's the challenge in front of us. And I think any time you have that, that carrot out there, that, that start, so to say, of trying to do something big like that, I think it makes it really, really exciting and really uh, fun to go to work every day. Not that I wasn't having fun. I don't mean <laughs> it like that. But that's, that's something that is, that is out there and, and drives me. I love challenges like that. And then at, administratively, the staff at Rice, um, has been phenomenal supporting, um, and, and that's, that's really fun as well. Yeah, I mean, I, you're talking about fun. I think one thing that anyone that's spent any time around you or talked with you even for like five minutes would, would realize is that you do like to have fun and that you're, you're really high energy. Uh, from what I've seen of your practices, those are really high energy, and the players at Tech seem to respond to that. Just how have the, the players at Rice kind of taken to that, to, to your style of, of practice and play? Well, you know, it's so funny. So our first practice, I was like, you, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, 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 we're not very good at all. Like, but, but, and I don't mean it because we are. I think we've got a chance to be really good. But guys were not, like, it's taken a little time. I think in fairness, it's taken a little time for them to adjust to me. Just like <laughs> I have to adjust to players. I, players have to adjust to coaches and, you know, systems, so to say, and, and it may be different, and I do. I, we score everything. We compete at everything we do. I like movement. I like people in motion all the time. I don't want a group of pitchers standing around for an hour. Like, I don't want them shagging fly balls, typically. Um, and even in pregame, pregame is not dull moments. Like, we are practicing throughout the pregame, and it's just who I am and the way I've been built. I'm like, hey, we might as well get the most out of our time. And then when we're doing it, I do. I like to, Teddy, it's just who I am. I like to, woohoo, you know, I'm a hoop and holler type of guy. But try to stay as even keeled as I can, obviously, because you don't want to have a, 
emotion roller coaster, so to say, but, but yet we're going to have fun. And I think that's the only way to play this game. You better enjoy what you're doing. If it becomes too business-like and you take the fun out of it, I, I don't know how you produce. So, so yeah, we're going to enjoy what we do and have a good time doing it um, with the understanding that there's seriousness along the way. Absolutely. You, uh, you this year are inheriting a team. They missed the NCAA tournament last year, but there's some pretty good talent on there. You go look at guys like Matt Cantorino, uh, who can be a Friday night guy, and, and Brandon Como. I mean, what, what stood out to you this fall about this, this group? Well, I think, I think that's it. I think you've hit on something there. There are some veterans here um, that, that you, can, you can build around. And the, the, thing, the, thing is, the thing is, they may not be here long. But that's a, that's a good thing. Like I'm talking, we've got four junior pitchers that, I mean, quite honestly, if they're not all top ten-round draft picks, I'd be shocked. Like I think they have the ability to do that. Now there's some, some fine-tuning we may need to do with a few of them. But, boy, they're great young men, incredibly coachable, um, and the ability is, is there. You know, Garrett Gale, Royal Garcia, Matt Cantorino, who you mentioned, Addison Moss, those are four junior pitchers for us. These guys are, man, I'll tell you what, there's some electricity flowing through those arms now. I mean, I'm telling you. And then offensively, you mentioned it, Brandon Como, what a great year, um, you know, he had up in the, Braden had up in the Cape. I mean, just amazing year in the Cape. And then on top of that, Trey Cruz at shortstop, who is, my goodness, if there's a better one out there, I'd like to see him. You know, this kid, and he's a worker, a great worker. Dominic DiCaprio, he's hurt now this fall, but, but he's, he's going to be really good for us offensively. So there are definitely some pieces here, again, especially on the mound, some pieces that, that we may not be able to hold on to very long, but can really, really make this transition um, fairly smooth, I, I believe. You've kind of been become one of the, the known as one of the better hitting coaches in the country. Where, where did you kind of develop your hitting philosophy and, and kind of how has that evolved over the course of your career? Yeah, well, when I played at Kentucky, Teddy Keith Madison was the head coach, and he had a hitting coach, John Butler. He actually he actually uh, works in compliance at Kentucky now. But John Butler first kind of brought some things to my mind, and you know, on, on from a hitting standpoint and plate discipline and things of that nature. But I have been a studier of, of, of baseball and the swing and things of that nature since as young as I can remember, Charlie Lau. Uh, the old Oakland Athletics guy. I think he was George Pratt was one of his biggest, you know, uh, advocates, so to say, of the Charlie Lau philosophy. And I would read books on Charlie Lau. I would study guys like Don Mattingly and people of that nature growing up. And so I've always had this infatuation with hitting. And so it's just kind of morphed over time where I've taken other great coaches' ideas and I've morphed them to fit what, what I like and what we need to do to be as successful as I can. And so I've stolen a lot of things along the way, and now we have a definitive system that I think really, really works. And a lot of it, Teddy, is built on attitude, mentality. How do you go to the plate? What approach do you take? It, it, almost as much as swing mechanics, to be very frank with you. So those are some things that have grown with me and who I've learned from. A, a, a man, Brian Shoup, who's now at UAB, taught me a lot when, when I was there with him as an assistant at Birmingham Southern um, about, about some things that I really learned and took and stole. And, and then, like I said, I've studied other coaches over the years, and, and it's ended up pretty good. And then, and then you still got to present it, and you still got to get your guys to buy into it. And, and I think, you know, right now, so far at Rice, 
Um, our guys have been receptive. We've got work to do. We're not the deepest offensive team right now. We have 11 hitters um, on this roster that are healthy. And so, you know, tonight, we, we, I mean, when we play an inner squad or something like that, I mean, we're, I mean, there's no rest for the weary because we have no one on the bench. So, but, but that's good. They're getting a lot of reps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about guys buying in, and obviously, uh, Tech, that definitely happened. Uh, and you saw the results of that last year. I mean, that was just an incredible run. 53 wins. That was an OVC record. Go to Super Regionals. First Ohio Valley team to do that. Push Texas to a game three in that Super. I mean, when, when you think about last season, just what stands out to you about that group? You said it, that group, those young men, unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. And now don't get me wrong, there's got to be some coaching that goes into it, maybe to help them reach that point. But what happened was something that is so special. It gives me goosebumps to think about. Those young men had such great internal player leadership, Teddy, we couldn't have lost. Like, like you couldn't have had a bad year. I, I, it just couldn't have happened. And, and I mean that because I'm so high on those guys. I had someone call me after the year, was asking for recommendation on a young man about a job. And, and you know, now most of them end up signing with Major League Baseball, but – had they not, I would have recommended every kid on that, every young man on that team. Like, it was just amazing group, incredible leadership. They bought in. They loved to be physical. We, I always like our teams to be the most physical-looking team on the field, no matter who we play or when we play, and I think they bought into that as well. Um, it was just, I can't say enough about those guys. Love those guys. At one point, you guys won, I think it was 28 straight games. Uh, when you're going through a winning streak like that, did you – find yourself doing anything like were there any superstitions that you were playing on at that point it's so funny you say that i think the national record was like 31 or three or something like that and and uh so we were close 33 or four maybe but we were getting close and and i can't lie because i normally you got to be careful as a coach because when you're uptight your team has a tendency to be uptight and so I typically pride myself on not being tight, like, hey, it's a game. Let's go play, man. We're, we're good. Let's go play ball. We've been taught. We know what to do. Let's go do it. Honestly, yes. As we got to game number 20, win 25, 26, 27, 28 in a row, I did catch myself getting tight. And, and, and you know, we lost. And I got home that night, and my wife was like, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. She'd love to see the shoot the record as well. She goes, Matt, you were getting tight. I'm glad that thing's over, you know. <laughs> so, so because it was, it was becoming a little bit of a monster of its own. And I think anyone that's ever gone through something like that, you know, um, I can't even imagine like the 56 game hit streak type thing, like what those guys feel, the pressure they feel. Absolutely. I mean, I, I guess that's why guys like DiMaggio could do that, like because. Right. It's something, something mentally that like no one else has. No doubt. I mean, think about it. I'm a coach, and I was that way after 20-some games. This dude's doing it for 56 as an individual. Like, amazing to me. Absolutely. Well, one of the neat things I thought of, about your, your teams at Tennessee Tech was that your dad was so heavily involved with them um, as director of baseball ops and, and various other roles. I mean, is, uh, is he coming down with you to Rice now? Already here. <laughs> yep, he, he's already here. My mom and, and my dad and my grandma lives with them. My pop passed away many years ago, but they are here, and, and he's going to be director of player development 
And um, I'm, I'm so glad he's here. Someone asked me the other day, hey, what kind of role, what, what do you think? And I'm like, listen, something that he brings, he, he's, 70, he's, he's going to be 73 in November. And he brings a wisdom that is undeniable. I mean, this guy, this guy, Teddy's been, he was the mayor of our town. He was a high school principal for 25 plus years. Before that, he was a high school baseball and basketball coach. You know, so he's been around the block and, and he knows this game inside and out and just brings a great uh, steadiness, calmness, a reassuredness, just great wisdom, not only to me, but to our team. And, and that's an invaluable piece to have. And I, I think it gets missed. You know, we, we as coaches a lot. I was talking to Keith Madison the other day, my former head coach at Kentucky, who I love. And, um, and he was, he, we were talking about this exact thing. And, you know, you want as a coach, you want those young go-getters, you know, because they're going to get on the rec- road recruiting, man, and get after it. And you've got to have that. But, man, is it also nice to have that presence of that, of that older gentleman, so to say, around that kind of gives you a different perspective. And I think sometimes we miss that as coaches. I think when I was talking to him last year, he kind of described his job as doing like everything that you didn't need to be doing, but like needed to get done. So he just like was clearing stuff off your plate as a head coach. Is is that kind of fair? That's a hundred percent dead on. When I hired coach B, that's what I would have called my dad. (laughs) When I hired coach B at, at Tennessee tech, we didn't have full-time assistants at Tech for my first 11 years there. And so I was, I was running through assistants really quick. And continuity, as you know, is so important. Um, but I was having to do all the travel reimbursement stuff, all the paperwork that you just really you want to, you know, you don't want to have to do. And so that's exactly what happened. I, I, I hired him. He came down. He took all that stuff, academic stuff. Not that I wasn't still involved, Teddy, but took all that stuff off my plate and allowed me the ability to go, hey, go coach and make this and go recruit and make this the best program that can, it can possibly be. And so I'm, I'm in, uh, you know, so grateful for that. Well, you're, uh, now, that, now that you're at Rice, I mean, just what, what have you experienced so far from the school or, or what have you noticed around the school that, that kind of stands out to you about, about what, what the Rice experience is? You know, um, and I, I came from a place where I had a great administration. Um, and, but that is something here that jumps off the board at me. It's, it's just great administration. Um, they've been very communicative, um, talking um, the, the, from the standpoint of the university. I mean, there is so much to sell about this place. I mean, when you look at this place, when you really dig deep, and if you're a, you're a parent in particular or, or a kid, like you think about the academic side of what this can bring, uh, it's invaluable. Coach Yanish, you know, one of my assistant coaches who played the big leagues a long time, he went here. And that's his thing. He's like, like, it's hard to be what you get off the field here at Rice. And it, and it really is. Not that there's not a, obviously so many great institutions, but it's hard to beat. And then when you look at the beauty of this, I was blown away. So they're taking me around on a golf cart on my visit here. And I'm like, I'm like I had no, right in the middle of downtown Houston, and this place is its own place, and you feel like it's just amazingly beautiful. And I'm like, so there's so many positives about this place that just blow you away. And so that, you know, it's so exciting to get the opportunity, not to mention the beautiful baseball park. And so it's just an exciting opportunity and excited to get rolling, man. 
Absolutely. Reckling is, is awesome. The city of Houston is great. I, I'm excited to, to see what you can do with the place. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see you at the, the Shriners College Classic this spring, and uh, we'll, we'll see what the Owls, uh, Owls have. Like you said, there's some talent on the roster. I'm sure uh, it'll be an exciting spring for everyone down there. Yeah, man, no, no, doubt, no doubt about it. All right, well, thank you very much for, for joining me here on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Oh, man, thank you so very much for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you again to Rice coach Matt Braga for joining me on the Baseball America College podcast today. Uh, he really is one of the more energetic coaches in the country. Uh, he's a lot of fun to be around. I, I really think that he's going to find a way to, to get Rice going. It's like we talked about, it's a totally different profile in, in a lot of respects from Tennessee Tech. There, there, there's just a lot of pieces for him to work with this season. And, you know, going forward, I'm sure that he'll be able to, you know, get Rice back to the level that they uh, became accustomed to uh, under Wayne Graham, who did just such a fantastic job there winning the 2003 National Championship and uh, routinely getting them to Omaha. And I, I think the Owls, it's a challenge. Conference USA is a challenge right now. It's not the conference it was 10 years ago before realignment. Uh, but we've seen programs, you know, obviously Rice has won there. Southern Miss is winning a lot right now. And um, I, I think that Rice can get back to a level approaching what they were before. I mean, we'll see, you know, that again, it was just such a big peak uh, in 2003 with that national championship and, and the years surrounding that. Uh, we'll see if, if Rice can get back to that. But I, I, I do think it's a, they're going to get back to being the kind of, um, powerhouse of Conference USA that, that they had been for so long. And uh, it'll be exciting to watch that happen under Coach Braga and, and see what he can, uh, what he can develop there uh, down in Houston. Like you mentioned, it's a beautiful campus. Reckling Park is amazing. And, you know, so there's a lot to sell. And when you get, uh, you know, you get a coach with, uh, with Matt Braga's um, credentials in there and, um, his energy, I, I think that they're they're gonna, it's gonna be revitalized. And uh, again, Wayne Graham did such an exceptional job there for so long that it's hard to imagine Rice without Coach Graham. But we're into a new era here with uh, with Rice baseball, and I'm excited to see see where it goes. So with that, um, you know, we'll we'll be back here next week uh, with a a new guest on the Baseball America College podcast. Until then, you know, remember there's a lot of great content over at BaseballAmerica.com that you can check out. Uh, we are rolling out our top 10 prospects by organization. Um, you know, those eventually feed into the prospect handbook, which you can pre-order at shop.baseballamerica.com. Uh, so if you're interested in the, the pro prospects for, for your favorite major league team, we'll, we'll have you covered here uh, as we, again, develop the, the prospect handbook, which will get get into your hands uh, sometime early in the new year. So that it's an exciting time here at Baseball America. There, there's also you know plenty of, of amateur content over there. We have top 50 prospects for the 2019 draft uh, for both high school and college. Like I mentioned, Matt Cantorino uh, at Rice. He is on that college list. That There's a spoiler alert. You can check it out over at BaseballAmerica.com to see exactly where where uh, Cantorino ranks among uh, next year's top prospects. And we'll keep having uh, you know, plenty more coming 
as the offseason continues but until the uh, the 2019 college baseball season starts. It's kind of hard to believe that it's only a few months away now, but February 15 is coming quickly. So remember uh, to rate and review the podcast over on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the podcast. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ted Cahill, and you can let me know what you like or what you don't like about the podcast uh, there as well. So we'll be back here again next week, like I said, with another edition of the Baseball America College podcast. So check that out then, and uh, thank you for listening. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.